Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a view from the Bullins podcast. Listen to all the latest news and inside track from Goodison Park. There's only so much you can keep trying to butter someone up to give them confidence. There's a balance of confidence stroke with playing at the cutthroat end of football here. This is a quarterfinal today to get to Wembley. And if you haven't got the confidence to play, then I'll, you can quickly flip it and say, have you got the um, the bollocks to play? Sorry, excuse me, but I can't, you know, that's, that's the football reality. Um, and if you fall somewhere in the middle, then don't worry about it because we didn't play that badly today. And Palace didn't play that well today, and we lost 4-0 because of a lack of confidence and a lack of what I just said. So um, <clears throat> it wasn't tactics. Tactics showed in the first 20 minutes. Palace couldn't get out of half. Um, so when you do things right within that within that structure, you'll be all right. If you can't be clinical in front of goal, you won't score goals. You won't feel like you're going to score goals. If you allow people to stroll into to your box and finish with ease, they'll finish with ease. So um, real basics. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Michael Ball, Ben Winstanley, Lee McLean, and our guest today is Tactically Everton on Twitter, Matt Smith. Bully, we've had a few days to dissect the Crystal Palace defeats. Crystal Palace 4, Everton 0. Everton dumped out of the FA Cup in the quarter-final stage. Lampard said that he didn't feel Everton played that badly and he didn't actually feel that Crystal Palace played that well, but we still ended on the wrong side of a, of a 4-0 defeat. How did, you, how did you see the game? Probably like everybody else. I thought we started brightly. Um, I'm... I think Frank Lampard, since he's come to the club, he's tried to implement that. He, he, he knows how the fans react to the players starting brightly on the front foot. And the, well, I think probably was till Anders Townsend went down with his injury. That was obviously the much better side, um, putting them under pressure, you know, quieting their fans down and, and creating sort of half opportunities for ourselves. But not for the first time. These players feel that's enough. That gets them through the games, and they'll look back on that and go, "Yeah, well, we done well in parts, but you know, we, we know the game lasts, you know, well over ninety minutes to get results, and you've got to keep on doing that throughout the game. And football doesn't always go your way, as we know. This season we played well in certain parts of games, and we haven't took advantage of that through the lack of creating opportunities from our midfield players, passing it backwards and sideways, not sort of taking the opportunities to break the lines and. Our strikers sort of have not having that quality when we've we've had opportunities in front of goal and it's sort of, it's sort of let us down and we seem to we've had a difficult season. We're playing back to back games. We're, we're chasing games. We're trying to get points on the board, but we just thought we're in the FA Cup. This could get the morale up. And as soon as Andros went down, the sort of lack of leadership again sort of went missing. Um, the desire went missing, and it's maybe down to fitness. You know, we, you can't play football at that speed and that level for the whole 90 minutes. You need to manage games at times and that's when as a team, when we're at it all together, we do well, but you're against an opposition who are also trying to win football games. So when they have their moments of quality or their moment on the ball, that we need to be together as a team and be compact and you've still got sort of some players chasing the game. You've got some players out of position, got wing fullbacks being in wingers situations, leaving gaps for the opposition to exploit. And these are the small margins that we need to eradicate. We keep on doing it week in and week out. And we can talk about, you know, formations. Yes, there's an issue there. Um, we've had excuses because of change of personnel. One week we're playing a four, we're playing a five at the back, we're playing a five at home at Goodison. You know, we, we're crying out the fans for three in midfield to make to make that compact. But for one reason or another, you've sort of got to trust in your manager and the coaching staff of what they see every day. Um, and I've said it in my column. Um, I feel sometimes these players are calling Frank Lampard at times because he's not going out there setting up a team that's not working at Finch Farm. You know, he's seeing it. He's, he's putting out a team. He's putting out a, an 11 v 11. The lads who aren't in the squad have got to you know, try their best and exploit the, the weaknesses of the first team. And whoever shows the most desire, Frank said, they're on the team sheet. I've seen them Monday to Friday and they've worked hard to to, to get a game and, and start at the weekend. and But we know as fans that week in, week out, the same personnel keeps on letting us down. And I'd rather judge players on performances that we see in weekends and competitive games, not what we see 
Monday to Friday, I understand where Frank Lampard's coming from. It's the way he was as a professional. He worked hard in training and he thought that guaranteed him playing football. Maybe so, but it was also his performances at the weekend. Him scoring goals, is creating opportunity. That's why he was in his Chelsea side week in and week out. And I feel, I think the players know what Frank wants. And then they do that just to get a share to the weekend. And then when it comes to rolling your sleeves up and the going gets tough, they, they go missing. Um, and I just thought there was no belief in that, especially in that second half. Um, the goals, the same situation. We know how the goals came about. And it's again, it's hunger. It's hunger to win the ball. It's hunger to stop crosses. We haven't got that in our, in our team at all. We do it one in 10. It's not enough. The, the, the ratio of that is, is terrible. But that second half, there, were, there wasn't any belief there to think, look, we're one game away from Wembley. Let's roll our sleeves up. Let's make it hard for them. Let's, you know, get at them, get bookings. You know, I don't really care. It's just the fans have gone down there the early hours. And it was sort of like the longest 45 minutes I've ever watched. It was like normally when you're on top and the time goes quick, but I couldn't see us scoring. I couldn't see us getting back into the game and the lack of belief, the lack of sort of know-how from the players and also from the coaching staff to try and change it up a bit more, to, 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 to go for it, to be honest. You know, we, we've got to see that lack of belief. That's why I think the fans now are really concerned about the relegation because we know, especially away from home, who's going to roll the sleeves up, who's going to demand that extra yard from each other. And we do see it in parts and it's great when it does happen, but we're not seeing it on a consistent basis. And, at the end of the day, look, we got beat 4-0 by Crystal Palace. 4-0. It's embarrassing. It's a cup game. You know, they should be, they didn't play that well. We created the opportunities because we let them and they put the ball in the net because they had that belief to sort of take a chance and go for it. We sort of let them dictate, go about the game. We know what their strengths are. We know what Tottenham's strengths are. And we sort of play in the opposition's hands you know we play the high line against Tottenham when you know the space in behind for Son and Kane to run into and we let them do it and then we come home, we come back home to Goodison and then we play a deep line against two strikers who've got no pace so you know Frank's tinkering he's trying his best to obviously get the best out of this squad of players but you know these players are just aren't good enough you know the, our, most of our key players are, are being out injured it's difficult they showed that performance, you know, it wasn't the best performance, but it was three points against Newcastle. You just think, great, like, look, lads, that's what you need to do. But he worked hard for that, and we've got a you know, cup game coming up. And besides that 13, 14 minutes, you know, the rest of it, you may as well just walked off the pitch, and it probably would have been easier. You know, you showed the type of belief the fans have got in the players. I was I was with somebody, and he just goes, I just hope this just finishes at 2-0. And I couldn't believe that. You know, I was having a bit of an argument going, it's a cup game, you've got to go for it now. You've got to try and get a goal. And then the third goes in and you're just thinking, he's right. You know, that's the type of performance these players are putting in week in and week out. That He's got the, the fans even thinking now, just finish the game at 2-0 and let's get off. We don't want to get embarrassed again. And unfortunately, we did get embarrassed. Matt, I'm going to bring you in here. Obviously, you know, your, your industry is all about, you know, tactics and systems and, and you know, players in, in certain roles. And, and Lampard has mixed and matched a lot of the time. And down at Crystal Palace... He did change it again. He went for three centre-halves and then John Joe Kenny and, and Seamus Coleman as the full-backs with two holding midfielders in Decore and Gomez. And I know Alan was suspended, but were you surprised that given the result against Newcastle, buy, okay, it wasn't a particularly great performance, but it was three points. Were you surprised that Lampard changed the system yet again? Yeah, I think it's been a big criticism of his from a lot of fans is the fact that we 
not stuck to one formation. I think we've had you know three or four throughout uh, his time already, which is um, is interesting. But I think yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a weird decision because we've all seen the five at the back we've struggled to work with, and I think the main reason being is we don't have the wing backs to play it. We don't have a, a two in midfield that are capable of playing together, and. You know, we've got John Joe Kenny and Coleman at, at wing backs, and they're not attacking wing backs anymore. Obviously, we've seen it with Coleman in the past, but he, he's just not got the legs for it. And that's when a, a five of the back system works the best. You've you've got your attacking wing backs getting on, and um the wingers tucking inside, and then you get the width from the wing backs. And then you need your centre midfielders to take responsibility and get on the ball. And Andre Gomez and Decore just don't have it in them. The amount of times you see when the centre backs have the ball and they're looking for a centre mid, and every now and then they'll find them, but they'll just bounce it back to them. There's no centre midfielder that we've got that is willing to take the ball on the half turn and sort of play a progressive pass into the between the lines. So it was a it was a weird decision, but again, I think four three three is probably his favoured formation, but we just don't have the players for it. And I've seen fans on Twitter now begging for Fabian Delph back. And if you'd have said that to me six months ago, I'd have laughed at you. But I think he could be the type of player we need to get into the into the team now because he is one, you know, he's got his flaws, but he is one who will get on the ball, he'll take responsibility. Even if it doesn't work, he'll go, you know what, I'll try something. I'll get on the ball here, even if I've got men around me. The likes of Gomez and Decore, they look scared. They look so scared to get on the ball, Decore in particular. In the last sort of few weeks, when he's come back from his injury, he just looks a completely different player. And what we've lacked as well is sort of leadership. And without Alan in there, sort of dictating things, it, it, it's a massive struggle. And that's something Fabian Del will give us. You, you hear a lot, all of our managers that have come in recently, and they've all said the same thing about Del. You know, he's a he's a great guy to have in the dressing room. He's someone that will take ownership and and lead the players through the game. And I think we're desperate for a player like that to come back. And yeah, it's it's just not going to work with that two in midfield. But again, I do feel sorry for Frank because we just don't have the players at the moment to play this 4-3-3 system, especially with Alan now suspended when Van Der, Van Der Beek's cup tied. Tom Davis is out. Gabamon's been sent on loan. We just don't have the midfielders to be able to play this system at the moment. Mm, yeah, and, and Ben down at Crystal Palace at half time, we're, we're 2 0 down, and you think, is, is there going to be changes? And I think you were very surprised, weren't you, when you saw Anthony Gordon moved over to, to left wing back, and you were quite puzzled with that one. Yeah, definitely. We were talking, Mick, at half time, a bit deflated as always. And when that first goal went in, we kind of looked at each other and went, Oh, here we go again. I haven't got it in them to come back. But yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Lampard got it a bit wrong, and I think he's got it wrong in quite a lot of away games. and especially utilising Anthony Gordon as a left wing back and a back five, shall we say, was just completely suicide, to be honest, because he didn't know where to go forward or where to go back. He looked lost in that second half. I felt sorry for him. And it was yourself, Mick, who said to me, look, we need like Calvert-Lewin on and even the likes of Alex Awobi to come on and change the formation, go to a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 and have your, your Decore and Gomez potentially sitting and your Alex Awobi as, as the 10. And you called that to me and I completely agreed with you at half-time. We needed something, we needed someone to get on the ball. And as Matt quite rightly said, 
the Corey and Gomez just did not want to know at all. They, they just didn't want to get on the ball. A lot of finger-pointing going on, and we are just getting pushed back and back and back. And as Borley quite rightly touched on, we huff and puff for 20 minutes, and it just goes downhill. So I understand he tried to be proactive and bring Carver-Lewin on, and Richarlison was, was buzzing around off just behind. It, it just didn't work. They did the whole formation that second half, and... For long periods of time, we had a lot of possession of the ball going side to side, going back to the keeper and then going long again. It just wasted possession, not in the front foot. And look, if we haven't got the players to get the ball on the floor, then I've got no objection to potentially going long and then trying to win the second ball and get further up the pitch with the ball. Because at the moment, the players we've got fit and available, we haven't got them available. We haven't got the players there to get the ball, set the tempo, break the lines, go through the channels, get around the backs of the fence. We don't do it enough. We really, really don't. And like Borley touched on again, the time went so slow in that second half. It seemed to, to drag so, so long. I think it got to about 75 minutes in. I thought it's only been about 10, 15 minutes. It, it was just dragging and dragging. We went, we were huffing and puffing again and not creating. And once again, the goals, all four goals were down to ourselves. The, the first one was uh, Crystal Palace's second corner of the game, literally what straight after the first corner free header and it's a goal the second one Coleman's pressed too high they, they went in and behind cut the ball back with two nil and down at half time but you look at that Palace squad you look at the, the recruitment they've done the plays they've got got in Eze Olise these types of players are, are the people that walk into our team signed from the championship for, for let's get it right here low fees um, from like the likes of Redden and QPR both of them walk into our side and this is Crystal Palace. This is our chance to get our, get ourselves to Wembley, get the fans to Wembley for what they deserve. But quite frankly, Mick, these players didn't deserve that day out for, for their performances this year. And my favourite word from this whole season doing this podcast is nothing short of a disgrace again. No one wants to know. No one wants to get the, the sleeves pulled up, socks high up and get stuck in. And I'm worried again. Away from home, we're in big, big trouble. Lampard's got a lot of work on his hands to get a system that's going to work. And as Matt from uh, Tactically haven't quite rightly said before, Fabian Delph, I think, will be massive in this running. Um, he needs to stay fit and get cement that central defensive midfielder role, get on the ball and get us fair before. But the Anthony Gordon thing, Mick, was quite frankly bizarre. And I felt sorry for the boy who's been our one shining bright light this season. Yeah, and, and Lee, just sticking with the... The system that Frank Lampard chose down at, at Crystal Palace before halftime and, and after halftime. Do you now think it's time that Lampard went with one system and simplified the game for these Everton players and carried that system through to the end of the season? Or do you almost have sympathise or sympathy with, with Frank Lampard and thinking, you know what, he's trying, he's looking for a formula that is going to work? I do have sympathy with him because I think what he's, what he's thinking in his head is, you know, these defenders aren't good enough. Um, and I'm just going to use numbers and, and you know, I'm going to put as many men behind the ball and try and protect our goal as much as I can and hope that works. But unfortunately, it doesn't. Um, you know, and we've said it in the past repeatedly, Everton playing five at the back, it, it just doesn't work. I think it weakens other areas of the pitch as well. And we just haven't got the personnel back there. You know, They're all substandard for whatever reason, uh, whether that's permanently or just temporary due to confidence. They're not good enough. Um, and if you look at the nature of some of those goals, you know, it only takes a couple of quick passes in a, in a box and, you know, they, they switch off. Concentration levels are really, really poor. They're not on the toes. They don't see the next phase of play clearly. Um, and we're so easy to score against. It, and Lampard alluded to that in his interview after the game. It was almost 
when Palace decided they wanted to step it up again and score, they just did. And that that is worrying, especially when you look at the position we're in and what we're going to need to do between now and the end of the season to save ourselves in this division. That, that's got to change. You know, and defenders are there to, to be alert and to be concentrated and switched on and be willing to throw the bodies on the line. And unfortunately, we just don't, we just don't have that. But if you, if you were to ask me personally, I would, I mean, bin five at the back, adding that one extra body doesn't seem to have any impact whatsoever. The results speak, speak for themselves. Go four at the back, focus on strengthening and, and doing work on creating more chances as well because I know there's a lot of talk about the defence we all know the defence is terrible but you have to start getting a system where creative players are allowed more licence to create more chances you know getting it wide more if, if you're going to utilise Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, I, I, don't, I don't think all the answers are at the back I think we need to look at the bigger picture because yes we're conceding goals at an alarming rate but in, in recent weeks We've stopped creating chances. We don't look likely to score. There's no cohesion. It just looks like it's one pass at a time. They're not looking past. You know, there's no phases of play or or, or patterns or anything. It's it's really really dour to watch again. Um, so of course I've got sympathy with Lampard because you know he's walked into this situation away from home. You know, there's a clear mentality issue. Um, we've got players who are lifted by the crowd at Goodison, but when they go away from home. All of the frailties and vulnerabilities are laid bare for everybody to see. Um, so if I, if I was him, I would be using this two weeks now uh, in the international break to to get you four, you know, whoever that may be, get them working on the training grounds, working on the basics, um, and then focusing on the other six outfield players and, and getting them working on more cohesion and creating chances whether that's getting Dominic Calvert-Lewin fully fit and and I think there's been talk of creating a programme for him to get him back up to match fitness because he looks absolutely miles off it, miles off it. You know, how do we get him and Richarlison, two individually really, really good players, how do we get them bouncing off each other and, and working together more because we, we don't see anywhere near enough of that. Damari Gray's gone off the boil, what's happened with him? Is he fully fit? So it's not just the defence that we want to be focusing on. But for me, you've got to scrap five at the back, mate. It does not work. We've all said that. We all looked at the team. Well, most of us did when the team came out again on Sunday. And you see five at the back, and instantly you, your heads drop a little bit. And I, and certainly for me, it takes the wind out of my sails, and it takes a lot of the optimism away because you you almost know what performance you're going to see. Five at the back doesn't work for Evan. He needs to go for a four, stick to it, and work work very very hard in the next couple of weeks. Mm, Bully after the game. Frank Lampard in his press conference, he spoke about confidence and maybe the players having a lack of it. But he also said, I'm going to flip it and have the players got the bollocks. And at this stage of the season, it, it's had mixed reviews. People think, oh, should Lampard have almost called the players out saying have they got the bollocks in an interview with you know a relegation running? And then on the flip side, other people are saying, no, it's about time. He did call the players out in public. And you know, as a former professional, where does it sit with you? I think since Frank's come in, he's had um, he hasn't tried to hoodwink the the fans from day one. He's been honest with the fans. He said he's got work to do. The lack of confidence, the lack, the lack of belief, and he's tried the arm around the shoulder, and it's worked in parts and it's failed in parts. And he knows he wants consistency. He's been frustrated with the the comments from maybe myself and the Echo from Jamie Carrigan on Sky Sports. 
and other pundits about his own players and he's had to protect them. And that's his job as a manager to protect the players and take the brunt of it himself and take responsibility. But as I said earlier on, what the players are doing at Finch Farm between Monday and Friday, they must be doing something right that Frank's happy with to set out the side in the, in the same style, the same personnel at the weekend. Unfortunately, when they're playing a competitive game against another team who's trying to win a football match as well, the players don't seem to have that belief and that confidence to do it. Whether they can, they've had excuses, they've had managers' excuses, they've had maybe they can blame the fans when we, we get on the backs a little bit because we want more from them. Frank's tried to protect them and it still hasn't worked. And I think it was the right time to do it because we've got a couple of weeks now where Frank can get his players in and understand the truthness of what he's talking about, the reasons behind, have you got the balls, have you got the bollocks, the reasons why, the areas he wants his players to receive the ball, the decision-making we keep on doing. We get in great areas. And then we seem to come back again and go, oh, I don't want to make a mistake, so I'll come back and be safe. You know, even at the Newcastle game, we get in wide areas. You can cross the ball in. I think we started off to start the season. Um, we brought two wingers in. Every opportunity possible, half a yard, we're whipping balls in. If the strikers weren't there, the ball will come again. And then it may be the striker break his neck to get in the box because you know the winger's job is to get the ball out wide, half a yard and whip it in. Now we're getting to the same areas and we're coming back again. And then they come back to Holgate on the halfway line from breaking a team down, which we're not very good at. So when we do, cross it in. Wingers come off the pitch and it's it's, it's going to sound schoolboy, but it's it's what happened all through my career. And it's the question you get asked. You're the fullback. How many crosses did you stop? How many crosses did you make? Wingers, how many crosses did you put in? You know, midfielders, how many opportunities did you make for your, for your strikers? Strikers, how many shots on goal did you have? come off that pitch and go, well, I've done six or seven or whatever the figure is and then try and better it week in, week out. We seem to be making the same mistakes and I think that's what Frank's alluded in. It's like you haven't got the minerals, basically, to try and put the ball in between lines because you think you might lose the ball. And it's so sombering to watch that you, you, the lads do so well and they come back and forth. And, and Frank's got to take responsibility because he's trying to implement his style of play. We know as fans, they can't play that style. But Frank's trying to come in, got the players in a clean slate and go, look, I've got to witness this myself before I can judge these players. And it happens under these managers. Some players get the benefit of it, some players lose out. But how he's starting, say, our goal kicks at home, we've got Holgate and Keane on the six-yard box. Look, we know they're not good enough and they end up hoofing it. But when we hoof the ball, I'll go back to Sam Allardyce. You know, it's long ball, it's not pretty. But he gets the whole back four up on the halfway line. Tell Jordan Pickford to calm down, chill out and wait for we're ready. Because when he kicks that ball 50 yards further forward, we're not going to win the header. He might win one and two. That's fine. But the centre half is probably going to win the ball because for some reason Pickford decides to pick to kick the ball to the tallest centre half who's six foot seven. Not the full backs who are five foot two. But the centre half will win the ball. They'll come back in the midfield. Our midfields are compact. We've got a chance to win a second ball. But if it comes back, our centre-halves are high up the pitch to head the ball back and put them under pressure. It's simple things like that that Frank is not really picking up all his coaching staff. Just really think that he can play through teams. And I've said it for months and months. Show me one passage of play. that we pass the ball from the six-yard box to a team. If they've done it, someone show me this clip because I've never seen it. You know, I've never seen us get a positive outcome from doing it. 
And what we get is the fans sort of get a bit, you know, <sighs> really, we're really frustrated. You can feel the atmosphere at Goodison, you know, going, you know, expecting the players to make mistakes of the players themselves. Then you know, they go into the shell. They don't really want to receive the ball, but they've got the manager from the sideline telling them to do this and wanting to be brave on the ball. I get it. But we're running out of games. Frank, we're running out of, we're running out of games. And we've, we've got a tough run of games. We've got games you think they should be winnable. But I haven't. I can't really see one that are winnable, to be honest. You know, we've got to be at our game. We've got to find. I think the lads are spot on to find a style of play that Frank's going to stick with. And the players aren't doing it. It's it's an easy change. He's not tweaking from a right back to go left back, a right winger to go left wing back. It's just a simple change. Play your best players in the best position and say this is the style we're going to stick to. So now to the end of the season, and fingers crossed, we start getting points on the board. Um, and going back to Frank Lampard's comments, I've got nothing nothing wrong with it. Managers have done that to us in the past. I've been under managers when we've been top of the league and thinking we're cruising. And he doesn't want us to drop our levels. You know, training gets tougher. You know, you want to be part of a winning side. You want to you want to finish the season with a medal. You got to earn the right. You can't just put your flip flops on and think, "Oh, this is easy," because the teammates there that want your position. We haven't got that. We haven't got that competition for places. You know, which is frustrating because that's what keeps your levels up. So Frank's calling the players out, and I think quite rightly. I think he's he's really sort of lost his excuses now. He's seen so many media pundits questioning these players, questioning his team, and he, he didn't like it. And he, I wanted to be more positive myself on the things that I do in the media about these players because look, banging them on the head every week is obviously not going to be helpful. But I turned up at Goodison Park, and for ninety minutes I'll be supporting them. And then I can only report on what I see and what I witness. And I call them out on that. But when they play well, you know, I give them as much plaudits as possible. And I, I, I always question myself afterwards, was it too harsh? But then it's, I can only report on what I see. And Frank Lampard's seeing this. He must be seeing players who are brave in training. And then when it comes to competitive games, they just go into a shell. They stop doing the things that they probably merited themselves to get in that starting lineup, And that must really frustrate Frank Lampard and his coaching staff. So I think he was spot on to call the players out. And now he's got these two weeks to explain his comments, the reasons why. And the moments in games where he thinks players haven't got haven't got the minerals. If this is why I questioned you, do this. What did you think about this? Did you think about opening your body up and going forward? We've, we've done that passage to play and we've started all over again. The opposition have reset. In moments in games where you've got to come off that pitch, as I said, and mark down. How many headers did the win? Could have won more. Yes, you could. Always you could. So have you got the, the minerals to, to keep on beating your targets game after game, week after week? And players and opposition look at team lineups. They look at people and go, where's the weakness? Look at the goals they conceded the week before. So they're going to try and exploit that. So doing the same thing week in, week out. Playing five at the, play five at the back against Bullwood. It didn't work. That's against the non-league side. So why do you expect that to happen against the Premier League side? That sort of baffles me. That shows you the mentality of the players we've got. And Frank's learning, and he's learning quick. You know, he's had decent players to work with in the past and probably understood his philosophy and how he wants to, to play the game. We've, we've got players who may understand it, but haven't got the ability to do it. You know, they may do it in parts, but not enough for Frank. And he needs to be called on. They've got two weeks to, to work on things. He had an opportunity to probably go abroad. A team bonding session, maybe under other managers at Everton, probably would have 
probably would have chose to do to sort of get the players to sort of team bond a bit. Um, would have questioned the fans. You know, it always questioned the fans at the time. But when I went away with Everton, it probably wasn't didn't look right from the outside. But when we came back, we started getting results. Right or wrong, it just seemed to get the, t- the team together that we need to fight, work hard for each other. We know the situation you're in. Frank has got had that opportunity. He's decided, no, the lads at the Finch Farm. But I need, I've got, I need to work up with these players. I need to work with them from now to the end of the season to get the, the points on the board. So we've got to trust him what he what he believes in. But he's he's got to really start with his coaching staff, figure out a style of play. It might sound basic, play basic football, be difficult to beat, and hopefully, as Lee said, start creating again. You know, we're not creating many many opportunities for our strikers. The strikers are always going to get the pressure of the haven't Richie hasn't scored enough or DCL hasn't scored enough. But how many how many midfielders create opportunities for them? You know, it's, it's a difficult job for them. If you haven't got midfield, you've got midfielders who pass it backwards and sideways for majority of the game. You've got wingers who don't cross it in. You've got wingers who come inside. You know, as a fullback, I am made up when a winger runs inside. I go, happy days. Because then you've got another 10 players to beat before you get a shot on target. If you go and pass me that way, you know, I'm out the game. But we've got, I, I wouldn't call them cowards, but in parts of the game, I've seen players be cowards because they haven't they've got a 1v1 and they haven't got the belief to, to take on a defender. They'd rather come back and pass it backwards. And that is cowardly. It's a cowardly way of sort of, well, I don't want to make the mistake. It's up to you. What can you do? And, we're, and, we, and what's happened to me by the wonder goals here and there, there's one of games, which is brilliant feeling and the, the place is bouncing. But if they just had a bit more belief and done it simple, you know, we'd probably have a lot more points on the board. I'm just going to open up the floor. And Ben, I'm going to come to, to you first. 11 games left until the end of the season. Frank Lampard questioning the bollocks of this Everton squad. Do you think he was right or wrong to call him out? What are your thoughts on it? Just touching on what Paulie ended on then, I think a large majority of these players are cowards. They they really, really are. They don't they want, don't want to make a positive pass going forward. They don't want to take risks. They don't want to gamble. And as soon as we go 1-0 down, the mentality of these players just drop completely. Mental midgets, I think we've used the phrase of, because they just can't hack the pressure. They really, really can't. And that's probably the most worrying thing for me. And you look around, you look at your Burnleys, for example, your Woffords. They've been in this position before and... You look at a team like Burnley and they can put a run of fixtures together where they get two or three wins on the bounce. At this present time, I can't see this football club and this team and this set of players getting that run together that we need to stay up. Still, even though we got a 98th minute win against Newcastle, which was much needed, by the way, it was imperative that we won that game. So fair play for getting. But let's get it right. We didn't play particularly well in that game and we didn't really create much going forward. We kind of had a couple of chances in the first 20 minutes and then backed off again. But at least we kept the clean sheet before the back. But Lampard said what we've all been thinking for, I'd argue, since Mashiri came to this club and went on a mad spending spree. None of these players have got the bollocks or the balls to roll the sleeves up, pull the socks up and get stuck in and fight for this club, fight for the shirt, the badge and the players. So he's absolutely right to call them out. But now he's at a, between a rock and a hard place, shall we say, what, we've, <laughs> what yourself say, Mick, because which way do the players react to that? Do they completely down tools and go, you're not, you're not out on me like that? Or do they literally say, right, I'm going to fight for this club, fight for me manager and prove him wrong that I've got a future at this club? I've been thinking over the past couple of days of what's actually fundamentally gone wrong at Everton. Um, and I think a large majority is 
We used to have players signed from like the championship lower leagues, players on your 20, 30 grand a week, playing for their big contracts, playing for that big move potentially to a better club and putting 110%, 120% effort in to show potentially, let's say, the top four and other clubs and even Everton themselves to give us the large big deal that I need to succeed long-term financially for my family and others. But at the moment, we've probably got 80% of average players already on these so-called big, life-changing, lifetime contracts. And I think they're not bothered. I've said it on the last podcast, they're not bothered. They get beat, they go home, they still get the 100 grand a week, 400 grand a month, and enjoying 180 grand after tax and last insurance goes out. Quick math, shall we say? So they're not particularly bothered. They're not playing for their next big move. So they're just going along life as it is. For me, I'd love to introduce clean sheet bonuses, goal bonuses, assist bonuses, really play for your money because at the moment they're just getting paid what they want. And another massive concern for me is, Mick, is there's no actual relegation clause in any of these players' contracts. So if we go, we're in a real mess. Now, 11 games to go. There are some winnable games there. There really, really are. You, you look at your, your Watford, your Burnley's away. But again, we're away from home. We've won one away all season. At Brighton, one of the first away games of the season. They're the types of games where they try and win the fan, but fans back. You win them two games or four points out of them two games. And I'd probably argue with you that we're safe. Your Brentford at home, your Crystal Palace at home. They're the games you need to like show up. The crowd has done enough. I, I think I'm fed up at playing for people to get there and cheer. And I am sick of it. But we need Goodison to be a fortress again. And it has been. The fans have been unbelievable. Every single one of them in there has sung, sung the heart out, really fought for the club, fought for the players, and really got a response out of the set of players. But it's up to the players to give something back. You look at that Leeds game, for example, they work their socks off in 95, 96 minutes. They might not be good at football, but if you work hard, the Goodison crowd will get behind you. That's a fact. So that's where I sit. He was right to call them out, Mick. I hope it doesn't backfire. But he's said what we've all fought for years. They haven't got the bollocks this set of players. And some of them are cowards, so it's time for them to step up and show us that they want to play the Everton Football Club. Mm, Lee, it has caused a lot of you know a lot of conversations between Evertonians since this interview. What where do you sit with it? Do you think Lampard was right or wrong? I think he's absolutely bang on and he's well within his rights. We've we've been saying all this for, for a long time now, it's been pretty evident. And obviously. You know, most managers are going to be reluctant to do that because, you know, the, the old saying, you know, you do your talking behind closed doors and you know, words are going to be said privately and you don't want to call them out in public. But we've tried everything and it's not worked. Um, you know, th- these players are weak. You know, you've, you've only got to look at the fact that we're having to do these rallying cries and Goodison's got to be the way it is in order for them to to show a little bit and show us a little bit of what, what they're about. It, it's, it's not great. We shouldn't have to be doing that. They should, they should be driven by their own professional pride in the performance and wanting to do better and wanting to do well for the club you know, without the need to be you know, told or shown emails or, 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 or anything really. You know, I'm all for motivation, but you know, a lot of it's got to come from, from within. And the worrying thing for me is, you know, yes, the, the, the home form's been in the main okay since Lampard came in. But if you look at the opposition... And you rationalise it, and, and you're realistic. Leeds were incredibly poor on the day; they were they were having a, a nightmare at the time. Brentford were even worse in the cup, and um, probably weren't interested in, in being in the competition. Boreham Woods were Boreham Woods, and Newcastle are also for me, you know, average, average to poor. Um, you know, and Everton on a, on another day, you know, it, it was one of them where we we probably touched a little bit lucky 
in the end got the winner, which was great. But I look at, someone else touched upon it earlier on, I look at the other sides around us in that position and I can see them going away to a, I don't know, an Arsenal, a Man City even, um, and just nicking a result because they've got this character and this steel about them and they've got the capability on the day to go go ahead and do that. I don't see that with, with Everton, unfortunately, not with this group of players. I just can't see us rolling our sleeves up unless something changes and, and going to one of these grounds and, and pulling out an unexpected three points that lifts the pressure and then make, makes your next home game against the Brentford or a Leicester or a Palace less pressurised. Because if, if you think of it, if this pattern carries on and we keep getting turned over away from home, you know the, the pressure, you know, as if it hasn't been high enough already on these home games that are, that are left, it, it's going to become absolutely ridiculous, you know. And these players have proven that, you know, that mentally they're, they're not the best. So it, it's a time to stand up and be counted. We've said this before. You know, maybe it's not the time for the most talented individuals. Is it a time for your fighters, the ones that you can look in the eye and say, "Listen, we've got eleven games left to." Let's not sugarcoat it, save our arse in this division. Um, and for us to be able to look forward in the summer, we've got 11 games. Do you want to be involved in that? You know, do, is this what you want to be remembered for? Do you want to be part of a team that was the first group of players to relegate this historic football club for, for 70 years? You know, the answer should be obvious, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to be obvious for some of these players. So Lampard's well within his right. I think he's just got to the end of his tether. I think he's he's shown patience with this group of players. Um, I don't blame him at this point now. He's probably feeling the pressure a little bit himself, by the way. And who can blame him when, when he knows what he's got to work with? Um, and and you know, for the next two weeks, yes, he said what he said. He's got he's going to have a chance now to show his man management skills, get his arm around a couple of players, kick it, kick a few asses if he needs to, you know, with others. And come up with a, a plan for the next 11 games that we can stick to. Because I think that's massively important. Now, all this chopping and changing isn't helpful, I don't think. We need to stick to something. Um, but I don't think anybody uh, is in a position, really, to criticise Lampard for saying what he did. Because we let's be honest, lads, we, we've, we've all been thinking this for, for a long time. And, and moving away from that, Matt... Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been in the press this week regarding an intense training programme over the international break. Obviously, Frank Lampard is going to need him. There's no doubt about that. We need his goals and we have missed his, his goals this season. How important is it now over the international break that Dominic Calvert-Lewin does get match fit, improves his fitness and then can hit the ground running? Yeah, it's been a bit unfortunate not having him available. And I think a lot of the time where we're in such a desperate situation, we've sort of rushed him back maybe before... Uh, he should be available and you know you can you can kind of tell that in his performances I thought he'd done okay coming on against Newcastle held the ball up well linking up with people um, and, and I think it, it, we are desperate for that because like we've touched on we're, we're struggling to play out from the back we're struggling to play through the lines play pretty football you know into the striker pop it off play around him and every now and then we're going to have to go long and I think Richarlison's good in the air when he's attacking the ball, when he's going in for a cross or a, for a header on goal. But when the ball's played to him back to goal and he's got a six foot six centre back behind him, that's just not his game at all. 
So when we're playing them up front, we, we, we do struggle when we do go long. And I think that's what Calvert-Lewin offers us. You see him a lot peel off to a sort of left back and and trying and trying to win a header from there, knock it inside. Um, but I think Borley touched on it as well when, you know, it's not just about winning that first header. You know, Calvert-Lewin is going to battle enough in the air to the point where the defender isn't going to get a clean header on it. He's not going to be able to nod it down to his centre-half partner or nod it into his, mid, his midfield. He does enough where the ball can drop to anyone. And that's where we need to get up, squeeze and just say, look, OK, fine, we're not playing from the back. Let the defence get up the pitch into a position where the midfield are squeezed and they can get any of the knockdowns. Because what we see a lot is we'll play from the back into Keane, back to Pickford, to Holgate, back to Pickford, and then we go long. Because we're like, right, we're trying to play, midfield aren't showing, then the ball just goes. And the, the issue with that is the gap between the strikers and the defence is pretty much the whole pitch. And that's when the midfield aren't high enough up the pitch, the ball just drops to their midfield. And we see it so, so often. So I do think we need to get him getting firing and uh, he's going to be he's going to be so vital for this for this running he's getting a lot of criticism at the moment but it's so, to me it's so obvious that he's being rushed back and you know he's being asked to come come off the bench against Palace into a horrible situation I mean if you're coming on as a striker two to down and you're watching that performance I mean it's not it's never going to be the easiest so yeah we do we do need to get him but I think the lads have touched on it the service to the strikers at the moment is, is so poor I think we're bottom two or even bottom for XG since Lampard's taken over. And that's that's a worrying stat because, you know, a lot of people don't like reading into that, but it's, it's an indicator of the chances that are being created and it's not coming from anywhere at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think he's, he's going to be an important player for, for the next few weeks. One player that will be unavailable, Ben, due to injuries, Andros Townsend, an anterior cruciate ligament injury suffered at Crystal Palace early on in the in the first half. I know he's been in and out of the team, but his experience and his his leadership, his know-how, will that be missed in the running? Well, first of all, Mick, uh, a big commiseration for Andros Townsend. It's um, it's such a shame getting that injury and we wish you all the best in your, in your recovery from all the lads here, a few from the Bollands. And he's a top professional. Um, he always gives you six, seven out of ten. He's never going to set the world alight, Andros Townsend. But when we signed him, I kind of thought, yeah, he's a solid signing. We'll do a job. We'll fill in. He's versatile. And he puts 100% in all the time. He might not be the best technically, but he works very hard. And you could see when he went off against Crystal Palace, that was the turning point in the game. As soon as he went off, the press stopped on that side. Gray didn't look 100, 100%. So the press stopped, giving them a lot of more time on the ball to attack. And it's just a shame. It's a real shame. He's, he's at an age now where an injury like that could really, really affect his career going forward. It's a, it's a horrible injury to uh, sustain. And once again, Everton get no luck of injuries. So I'm really upset, gutted by it. Because again, it's another body. It's another option. It's a it's a very good option off the bench. And let's get it right here. He's, he's our top goal scorer at the moment with eight, eight or nine goals. And he's, he's got about four or five assists to his name as well. So he's had a, a predominantly okay season and what's been such a tragic difficult season he started the season like a world delight and gradually faded off I don't know if that's with age or, or fitness levels or what but it's a real shame to, to obviously for him to go but as Lee touched on earlier Dominic Calvert-Lewin hopefully in the next two weeks gets a chance to get his match fitness right up there and and as tactically Everton Matt said before Fabian Delph coming back in hopefully over the next two weeks and Let's see if he's fit for West Ham. If he's not fit for West Ham, then he starts all day against Burnley and 
hopefully we can keep him fit, get them bodies back. But look, Tom Davis out long term. Um, Andros Townsend out been out long term. Decore's been out long term this season. Richarlison's been out long term this season. Decore, there's been so many injuries. Ben Godfrey, it just seems to have not really got going with a full strength 11 Evan for this season. So the squad's been completely hampered. There's been a lot, a lot of football played for the likes of Anthony Gordon, who I think sh- shouldn't be playing every game. He's been when he's been playing, he's been unbelievable. He looks completely leggy now. He looks knackered because he's putting everything he possibly can. And sometimes these players do need a break. The likes of Borley or Tired. Squad rotation is massive in football. It gives you that even having like a 70 minute break in a cup game and being fresh legged for the next game three days later is massive and enormous. The the fixture parlor for this short squad is going to be really, really difficult. There's some weeks they're going to have three games in a week. And it worries me about this set, this side, the squad, have we got it in them? I hope to God they have, but no, I, I am quite gutted about the Townsend one, Mick. You and I did a, a short 45-minute podcast at the beginning of the season talking about Townsend and how, how he's, he's a model professional. He's good around the actual squad. He gives a lot of experience out. He's got England, England caps to his name and he's always one of them that's unpredictable, scores from 30, 40 yards and can obviously get an assist. Well, got a wicked left foot, so no, it's a definite option lost. One that we didn't need at a really bad time, so no. Fingers crossed he, he gets a full recovery, a full sum under his belt, and he comes back next season fitter and stronger than ever. And just touching on injuries, obviously it's International Week this weekend, so hopefully none of our Everton players come back with any injuries. There are a number of, number of Everton players on international duty, and that is all we've got time for today. Everton dumped out of the FA Cup by Crystal Palace. We have this weekend off and then we return back to action, back to league action next weekend. In the meantime, Bawley, Lee, Ben and Matt, thanks for joining us as always. We'll be back after weekend with another A View from the Bullings podcast. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Enjoy the sunshine. Take care and all the very best. Thank you. <laughs>